Hello, and welcome to the Morotsko Method podcast. I am your host, Adrian Jezik. Here we get to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable, the ways that we grow through discomfort, and our authentic vulnerabilities. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Kat. Kat, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for having me. So I got to meet Kat in a really interesting way. And this is, this is kind of what I love about being older and online. Because, you know, you hear people say, you know, you get to a certain age, how do you make friends? How do you, how do you make friends once you reach a certain age? Because it's not the same as like, hey, will you be my friend? But guess what? Like, it is. I have met a lot of people online. Now, I'm not just talking dating here, people. Like, you guys know I met Claire Spencer online. I met Roger Webb online. And I have also met Kat online. Um, I don't know how we became friends on Facebook. We probably had about 20 to 30 close mutual friends, which means I'm just going to add you because clearly you're cool. <laughs> and um, she made a post one day about what she is currently battling in her life through illness. And I didn't comment on the post. I sent a private message to her and just said, you know, you don't know me and I don't know you. And I know when I was sick, it was the worst when people would reach out and be like, but have you tried this? <laughs> well, what about this? Well, I heard about this super crazy thing this new person's doing and have you tried that yet? That shit would drive me nuts, you guys. But I do it anyway. When I feel compelled, I feel like if I have something that helped me and there's an opportunity for me to reach out and potentially help someone else, I'm going to risk being embarrassed. I'm going to risk falling on my face. I'm going to risk someone saying, no, how dare you? What the heck? Who the heck do you think you are? I'm going to risk it. And, I'm, and I risked it with Kat. And I reached out to her as a total stranger and said, hey, I think I have something you might be interested in. How crazy did you think I was? Um, I didn't think it was crazy. And the only reason I didn't think it was crazy is because I think like a lot of people who are chronically ill, you kind of get to a point where like, you're willing to eat dirt if someone says that's going to help. So um, I had kind of gotten to a place with my illness where I'd plateaued. Like I am, I am um, considered in medical remission, but I'm still... Um, medicine dependent, meaning I have to take a shot every single day. Um, and it was just kind of not like I take my shot, but it wasn't fully working. And the panic had started to set in of, well, what now? Um, because the only answers that my rheumatologist had for me was, we're just going to up it to two shots a day. So that means instead of having to poke myself once a day it has to be twice a day and um that's not really something I want to do <laughs> yeah I mean um my father's diabetic he has to do it every day you know thousands of people you know hundreds of thousands of people are you know medically dependent um if I my whole thing is if I can change that then I will 
and the way you reached out to me it wasn't just like hey I've got this thing you should try because if you did that I probably would have been like haha yeah okay what are you trying to say I'm gonna go (laughs) I'm gonna go sit in a in a you know an ice bath and that's gonna cure me all right um but like the way you approached me is is look I have had this I have gone through you know having autoimmune disorders and you know telling me a little bit about your story and things that you had been through really paralleled a lot of the things that you know I continually go through because of my stills disease so um will you will you share exactly what it is that you have with those who maybe are not familiar okay so I have um adult onset stills disease um there is a one in 500,000 chance of getting it Yay. Um, <laughs> Yay. I'm totally a unique individual. Um, it is um, adults can have it and children can have it. Um, and um, so um, it's just it can um, affect individuals differently. How it affects me and how it affected me was um, – when my son was five weeks old, I thought I was getting the flu. Um, felt really run down. Um, I was kind of running a fever, but, you know, not really. And, um, you know, my joints were achy, stuff like that. Well, then it just kind of progressively got worse. And I'm like, this feels like more than the flu. And then one day I was screaming on the couch and my five-year-old asked me if she needs to call her dad or 911. So um, my five-year-old called my husband and um, I talked to him and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I have glass in my joints. Oh my God. Um, I could not stand on my own. Um, I kind of went into an arthritic rock, uh, like um, lock, like I couldn't move. Um. And I was having trouble breathing. So um, Stills disease, there's a lot of different um, characteristics of it. But my specific ones are my joints become inflamed. Um, fun fact about joints, it's anywhere bones meet, not just places that bones that you like bend your elbow and stuff like that. Think about how many hands are in your or how many bones are in your hands and feet. Um it was terribly painful. Also, um, the lining of my liver, heart, and lungs become inflamed. So um, I do have some permanent damage from that as well. Um, I take a daily biologic that controls that. But as I said, it's starting to, my body's starting to become resistant. So I have sought out um, more homeopathic ways of trying to help resolve that. And, um, I think this is amazing. I've never gone into an ice bath and not felt better after, despite any anxiety I have before going in, because I have a lot of anxiety before going in. Yeah. Um, because I'm scared of the pain. Yeah. And so I have heard Stills disease talked about, like, it's like having rheumatoid arthritis throughout your entire body. Um, how I kind of explain it and to doctors in the ER because they whipped out their phones and Googled it in front of me, Um, which at first I was offended about, but now I'm not because it is so rare. It's kind of like RA and lupus had a baby and gave me 
all the worst things. Oh, my God. So um, it does affect me quite greatly. And um, like I said, it's it's gotten to the point where, yes, I can be medically dependent for the rest of my life. But um, if I can change that, I will. And if something as simple and I know there's a lot more going on when you go into a cold soak than it actually being simple. But if something as simple as plunging, yeah, plunging myself into an ice bath can improve my quality of life, like give me all the ice baths. Like (laughs) you bring up a really good point when you say that, like you get to a point in illness and that's, and that's exactly where I was when I discovered cold water immersion, you get to a point in illness where you'd eat dirt. Like if someone said, this is miracle dirt, or this is the dirt that, you know, your body needs. And you don't know your body needs dirt, but your body needs dirt. Eat the dirt. I would have eaten the dirt. Yep. 100%. I would have drank the Kool-Aid. I'd have eaten the dirt. I'd have taken, I've taken the experimental drugs and the stuff like that. And when, when it was first approached to me, when my first, my husband first approached me and was like, would you try an ice bath? I was like, yeah, cause you know, I'm a badass and that's how right. I roll. But there was also this tiny part of me that was like, if that's the answer, and I hated cold. I used to absolutely, I still, I still am not thrilled about it. It's still not my favorite. I would still much rather be in Phoenix summertime at 115 degrees than I would anything below 70 degrees. Same. I mean, don't get me wrong. A 70 degree day in Phoenix is beautiful, you guys. But like, I just want to feel that nice warm outdoor hug at nine o'clock at night when it's 90 degrees and it's about the same as my internal body temperature. Exactly. (laughs) But when he said, would you try an ice bath? I was thinking, shit, yeah, I'll try an ice bath. What, what side effects could I even have from that? Like what I couldn't even imagine like the worst that I could, could imagine is, well, I might get really cold and not be able to warm up because part of Hashimoto's is an inability to regulate your own body temperature. Mm. So I did worry about not being able to warm up, but I wasn't worried enough to not try it. And so when I approached you and I was like, Kat, how about an ice bath? <laughs> what was that? What were the things that were going through your mind? Um, like I said, I was like, yep, I'm down. Like I had, I had seen because we are friends on online. I had seen some of your posts about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had seen some of your posts about it and, um, I was like, well, you know, maybe, you know, I think like a lot of people, if they were to just see it would probably be like, Oh, that's kind of hokey. Um, but I was like, okay, cool. I'm down because there have been situations where, Oh my gosh, I am the biggest complainer in cold. I hate cold. I am not a fan. Um, but there have been situations where, like, you know, hiking with my kids are like, let's jump in this water. And, you know, kids don't feel cold. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I freeze, but I'll hang tough because of my kids. And then, like, I, I even, like, told Josh one time, you know, that was weird because I totally felt better for a little bit after that. I mean, and obviously that wasn't like a controlled situation or like a controlled temperature. It was just like real cold water. Cold but, water and a nature plunge. Right. So, and it seemed to help a little bit. So, um, you know, like I said, I had seen your things online or your posts online about it and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm down. Plus once you kind of like invited me to, you know, come and, and do this, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my research. 
um, I'm going to like see because same with you. I was like, what could the negative side effects be? Yep. I do have arthritis. There is the potential to like go into an arthritic lock. There is the potential to throw me into a stills attack. However, again, because I'd been chronically ill for a very long time, like I think when you're chronically ill with everything that people do offer you, you do kind of go over it in your head. What are the pros? What are the cons? Can this hurt me? Is this just something that like, hey, their great grandmother did this like a billion years ago and drink like, all the elderberry. <laughs> right. So like, you know, um, but it it was at first I was like, oh, OK, well, I'm I wanted to go into it with an open mind, mm-hmm. but obviously when you have been very ill and you've tried a lot of different things you are very skeptical about everything yeah Mm -hmm. so um it was a little like uh okay well I think it's a little weird but I'm gonna try it because I think it's good and then doing all the research and seeing like this is a common practice around the world people have used this for thousands of years to heal themselves like why is this not a thing? Why is this not more popular? Like, why is this not being offered? Like, especially because it's so easy. Like, again, it is more complicated than it seems, but like a lot easier than me trying to figure out if I have enough medication to, you know, make it till I can order a new prescription or you went... (laughs) You went through the journey of of with me of not being able to get my medication, which was very scary. And I was very grateful for the plunge because I think it it helped with the days I did not have my medication. So um, there was a shortage in for your listeners. There was a shortage in in a national shortage of my medication that I take. Um, so I was unable to get it. Um immediate panic set in of I have two children I have to take care of my husband and I own a business I own a business what am I gonna do like I don't want to put this on my family because you know they're down a person if if I don't have my meds all these things went through my head but the day after I learned that there was a shortage I came in and did a plunge totally panicked didn't let you know how panicked I was, <laughs> but I was going through a lot and it helped emotionally and physically. It kind of helped calm my brain from that panic, but it also, Stills disease is triggered by stress. So me stressing out about not having my medication did not help. Um, I started having joint pain. Um, the... Uh, the day before I was in ICU with a rheumatic fever and had to be brought down medically from that. Um, also, I was given very, very high doses of pain medication while I was in the hospital. Usually I have an incredible hangover from those meds for a few days. Did a cold plunge. It was, I believe it was two days after I was I was in ICU didn't have that hangover anymore my body felt great and my body felt great for the entire week I didn't have my medication so I did have pains here and there um 
but it, overall it was so much better. And that was your second plunge. So by right. then you kind of knew what to expect. You knew what you were getting into. Right. What was it like when you came and you tried your first plunge? I'm going to be honest. I was real scared. Yeah. <laughs> I was really scared because all I could think of is cold weather. Cold mm-hmm. weather does not do well does with my not still's bode disease. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it hurts. It uh I feel like it makes things more inflamed. Um so I was I was a little scared, but I'm like, look, I'm going to try it. Worst case scenario, like it sends me into a stills attack. I've made it through one of those before. Like it's not the end of the world. Again, the the benefits to me outweigh the risk. The risks. Oh, I can't talk anyway. So, um, so it was a little scary. And then I felt when I was so thankful you were there. Uh, <laughs> so getting in, I'm like, yeah, I'm a badass. I could totally do this. This is fine. And then you get below your shoulders and you're like, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> um, and by then I'm not letting you out. Like you're in there for right, two minutes. Like you're right. going through this process. Right. But I was kind of like, no, no, she's giving me this gift. I have to try to tough it out. So and I did. And I think like that, that like rush of adrenaline to tough it out at very first got me over like the very first hump. But I'm sure there's something you can see. I kept my eyes closed the whole time the first time. So um, I'm sure there's something you can see on my face or something I do with my body that lets you know that I'm panicking or something. Because anytime I, I felt like I was doing a really good job of keeping my breath centered and like you know, keeping focused and everything else like that. But anytime my brain started to kind of like drift or be like, what are you doing? Like, why are we doing this? You were like, you were there to like bring me back to be, to, to focus on what I was doing instead of focusing on that fear and panic. I was there to bring you back into the present. Correct. And I was there. I am there when I coach and when I guide you, I am there to let you know you are safe. You are not alone. You can do this. And I know that you can do this. So, yes. So initially getting into the tub, I felt like a panic in my chest. And it's that that fight or flight of like, why are you doing this? Um, But you did do a really good job of keeping me present when my my brain did start to wander because when it did that panic set in of I can't do this I can't make it through this but then like when you do it and you get out you're like wow like that was both harder and easier than I expected like when you said two minutes I'm like two minutes is a real long time uh, you're like, <laughs> you're like, shoot for 30 seconds, but I'd really like you to make it to two minutes. And I'm like, oh, 30 seconds it is. Um, because I absolutely did not think that I could make it two minutes. And then, um, when you got out, did it feel like it had been two minutes? No, it, it felt like it went, it was weird. It, it went by faster and slower than I anticipated. Like, 
breathing through it and you know finding that calm and like listening to the sound of the bowls and and stuff like that it was bringing me to the present so um yeah it was just I don't know I don't know (laughs) it's a lot different yeah it's a lot different than anything you've done right and it's I think the surprising, when you say it's easier and harder, the surprising thing, I think, for most people is that this is a very passive form of action. Right. It's actually not as, like, jarring or traumatic as I thought it would be because... You know, you think about any time, you know, you were a teenager and someone pushed you into a cold pool or like whatever. Yeah. So it was that panic and the scramble to get out. So I kind of went in there thinking that that was going to be my reaction and it wasn't, which was surprising. But it's like an oddly powerful feeling Mm -hmm. to be like, you know, this is by all means, this is something you shouldn't physically be able to like power through like your body is meant to be at a comfortable 98 degrees <laughs> like you shouldn't really stray from that well that's what we've been taught right and that's not accurate so from the minute we invented fire we became slower our bodies became slower than technology that's really so now in the age of technology so we've gone through the industrial revolution which provided climate controlled environments Now we're in the age of technology where we don't even literally have to leave the couch to get food put right in front of us. And I always thought that would happen during the age of like when the Jetsons came to (laughs) life for real. But no, our bodies are still cavemen. Our bodies are still meant to be experiencing these extreme temperatures. But we don't think that they are. Right. And um, I think that it's... I think it's a lot mental as well. Like I, I like what like going in does for me mentally as well, because I do think with being really comfortable as far as our client or our climates are concerned does make us more comfortable in other things. We don't force ourselves to go through uncomfortable emotions or uncomfortable feelings like we naturally should to heal from things so we're holding that all in and that creates illness as well right so you know we are in a day and age where everything is very comfortable emotionally and physically uh, most of the time yeah we can be as comfortable as we want to make ourselves right so um I did notice with the first plunge, like, so the rest of the day I felt great, but I did feel a little bit emotional, but not in a bad way. Like, um, I don't know how to sound it, to say it without sounding like a hippie, but like in a very grateful way, like, um, it made me view things a little bit differently in a grateful way because it's. I don't know. It gave me a different look on things because my like I said, because my body felt so much better. It's like. It, it it makes you believe your body can heal itself because I think that's another thing too with um, 
you know, our day and age of medication and, you know, everything else. Not saying people shouldn't take it because honestly, some people really do need medication. But I think that that's such an easy fix that people aren't willing to look for other things that can heal them. Like if I like I said, if I could do this every single day, if I was told, hey, you do this every single day and you will never need your shot again. Oh, you bet your ass I will be in that ice bath every single day. Hey, cat. <laughs> if you do this every day, you more than likely won't need your shot again. Oh, I sure hope so. Because <laughs> that's so that was the thing that that shocked me was I didn't I didn't know what was in store for me. And it does. Yeah. It brings up a host of emotion, but I think what is different is because you're learning how to breathe through your fight or flight response when you're in the cold, when that emotion is brought to the surface, you almost have like a third party perspective on your own emotional process. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> I did not in my life ever think that would be possible for me. I truly thought this is it. This is who you are. You are reactionary, you are passionate, you are aggressive, you are intimidating, you are all of those things that you don't want to be, but you just are. And one of the things that the cold continues to teach me is that this is my choice. My reaction is my choice. My emotions are my choice. So I agree. Um, I actually talked to my therapist about this. Um, I am an EMDR, which is an amazing therapy. Look it up if you get a chance. But um, it forces you to look at some things um, that you go through, like some traumatic events, um, and kind of reprocess them in a healthy way. And I tend to shut things down because I don't want to feel them because it's uncomfortable. So um, I had made a breakthrough with my therapist and made the connection and started sobbing because I thought it was wonderful of I had that panic moment in my chest of reliving some trauma. And she said, when have you felt that recently or have you ever felt that recently? And I said and I started crying and I said, actually, I did feel that when I go into the cold it's that fight or flight you feel in your chest and um she said well how did you deal with it and I said well like Adrian sits there and helps me breathe uh <laughs> <laughs> but you know you showed me how to breathe to control it when I'm there um and in the water so you're not you know constantly reminding me while I'm in the water how to breathe like you sometimes show sometimes I am <laughs> well, sometimes For some people yeah right and and sometimes you do have to remind me but like you're not continually coaching me how to breathe right. so it was just a huge aha moment for me that you could do this right of i have put off healing from a lot of things emotionally because of the uncomfortableness of of the physical pain of it but I've forced myself through this to put myself in similar even though I didn't realize until recently in similar uncomfortable physical pain and I made it through and I was fine and I felt stronger after and the belief about myself was greater after, you know, soaking in the cold and everything else like that. So it was like this great aha moment because like my body's healing from doing this cold soak 
where I'm feeling this very real fight or flight response. And it's transpired into, wow, like I've been through things emotionally that I felt that I couldn't heal from and I can do it. Like that's an amazing connection. And I truly hope that every single person who like goes through the cold plunge like feels that because it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. So I need to point out to you guys, Kat has done exactly three plunges. Yep. (laughs) And you may as well be a different person. Oh, it's wonderful. From the person I met before your first plunge. And we were face to face and we're talking about we're talking about all the things we're talking Mm -hmm. about the physical things you go through with chronic illness, the emotional things, the way that relationships change, the way that you change. And there's a lot of guilt and shame. There is a lot of guilt and shame that comes with chronic illness and people don't talk about this. Excuse me. And if you come from. Which we all come from a life of trauma. You're already guilting and shaming yourself. You're already fumbling around trying to reparent yourself in ways that are not productive. And so Kat and I have talked about this. You've gone through this. And this has also helped you find a new voice for yourself in your reparenting. Yes. What's that like? Three plunges. Like, are you kidding me? Again, it's very strange because it's if you would have told me before I even started this, like, hey, this is <laughs> you soaking in cold water for two minutes at a time is going to change you so fundamentally. Like, I, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, okay, hippie, hippie, oh, yeah, yeah. coming right at you. I mean, you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a pretty <clears throat> big hippie, but that's even a little far out for me. But it, it did, and it's like, it's weird because it is one of those things like people think you're crazy when you find something that works for you and you're like, oh, my God, you have to try this. Like people are like, Ugh. um, but I think it's great. It's it's I think it's kind of mind blowing again. Like this is a practice that's used all over the world. Like, but I haven't heard of it here in the United States very much, like except for, you know, I've been involved with. I played roller derby for 16 years. Like every every athlete knows about like ice baths and stuff like that. Yeah. So let's touch on that a little bit because this is what we've discovered while we're looking for the science on cold water immersion and we're really looking for the science on the ways that it changes you mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Right. And athletes do this quite intentionally. Athletes will soak a leg and arm waist right. down and it's typically a really uncomfortable process it's typically like a yep. we're gonna go and bear it we're gonna get through this like mur, mur, mur. do the thing <laughs> get out of the war mur, uh, mur, mur. i was a varsity swimmer in high school and i like i said i played derby for 16 years so i can't tell you how many body parts i have soaked in ice over the years and, and how it is, is this different very uncomfortable so the difference is um going into intention Going into those things, being an athlete, you are like, oh, man, this really sucks. But you know it's going to make it feel better, so you have to grin and bear it and get through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go into the ice bath like that, but I feel like it wouldn't be very productive for you if you did. Like, you – and I think it's very great because I – I have an issue myself just being present sometimes. But you remind us before we get in, like – 
you know, go in with intention and, you know, with your purpose and stuff like that. So I think that's the major difference is I have soaked my whole body in an ice bath being an athlete and damn near cried the whole time and was like fighting to get out. Um, this is a, it's a control thing in a good way. It's not like I'm going to control the situation, but it's we can control ourselves and our our hearts and our our breathing and our you know we can control those things if we can calm ourselves so um you know going into it with intention versus oh man this is crap but i have to do it like going into it with the intention of wow this is amazing this is an amazing thing that like was there all the time that can totally heal me like if I go into it with that purpose if I go into it being like oh man this could heal me but I gotta sit in this ice bath for two minutes (sighs) like that's a lot different than going into it being like look this is going to be uncomfortable but is it ever going to be more uncomfortable than my stills disease the answer is no Oh, that's a really, really good point because I think when you're used to going around daily with discomfort, every single day you're uncomfortable, every single day you have pain, you don't want to pile on to that. Right. And when I was early in my practice, there were times when I was like, I'm not going to take an ice bath because I am tired and I'm in pain and I don't have that energy that it takes to do it. You guys, it doesn't take any energy. It's passive. You step in, you sit down, you breathe, you get out. That's why I say that anyone can do this too. No matter how much pain you're in, no matter how depressed or anxious, no matter what it is that you're going through, you can step into the cold and be there to welcome what it has to teach you. And this is a level of mindfulness and intention that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about in his books. Um, I've read You Are the Placebo and Becoming Supernatural. And he talks about our brains and our thoughts. And our brains and our thoughts are shaping our cells. And the cells that we're shaping with our brains and our thoughts are either going to be healthy because our brains and our thoughts are healthy, or they're not going to be because we're not providing that environment for them. And I never in a million years could have imagined entering the cold with mindfulness and intention and using that time and that space as meditative time and space. I don't do well with meditation. And I know you guys, it's a practice and and the idea is just to keep practicing. But when I'm in the cold, I can quiet everything. I can be completely still completely mindful of the present moment and completely intentional with what I'm doing with my body and my breath. And I've never been able to do that anytime, anywhere else in any other modality, the way that I can with the cold. So I've been able to do that with roller derby, but after being diagnosed, um, I I was able to play for a little bit, but then um, wasn't anymore because of my Stills disease. The reason why I liked derby is it was very physical, and that's what it would do for me, is it would quiet everything else. Um, 
I think going into the cold does do the same for me. I think that at first it was the panic of you just have to survive this so you can't think of anything else. And then when you do get more controlled over your breath and um, you mentally realize like, okay, as long as I just breathe and, you know, and I'm totally fine as I can make it through this. It's it's a weird calm that does quiet your brain. And and I don't know if that is a subconscious your brain is trying to, hey, let's survive this. We're 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 putting all of our physical things into surviving sitting in this cold right now, so we don't really have time for anything else. But I've noticed at least for me that like I can go in even though I'm trying to force my brain to like be mindful, there's still a lot of things spinning. And then when I get into the cold, you really can't think of anything else other than you have to breathe. And for me, that's meditative. Like Mm -hmm. for me, that kind of doesn't sound healthy. Putting myself in panicked situations. But it it forces you to focus on the breath. Right. It forces me to focus on being very present with what is physically mentally and emotionally going on with me in that moment of sitting in the cold versus everything else that might be trying to force its way in Mm -hmm. so yeah you can't think about kid pickup after school right when you're sitting in an ice bath right you can't think of your grocery list and what you're going to make for dinner when you're sitting in an ice bath I mean I do now I do I do now (laughs) you know well I think the common misconception and people's big hang up with um, meditation is that it has to be this profound moment. Like you have to sit down, quiet your brain, which is terribly awful for most of us anyway. But you have to sit down, quiet your brain. And then I know for me, a, a, my big hang up, and I do know a lot from talking to my friends that they've had the same thing, is I felt like meditation should have been more than just quieting my brain. Like for whatever reason, I don't know if it's, you know, something I've been taught socially or picked up socially or whatever, but for whatever reason, I was like, I would try to meditate and same as you, like my brain would wander. I'd start thinking about parent pickup, grocery list, you know, whatever. And it was just something that I couldn't get into. And, and again, I, I always felt like afterwards like well I didn't have this big profound moment so what's what good is meditation yeah like there wasn't there wasn't any prize at the end so to speak right right Mm -hmm. there wasn't yeah there was just feels like an endless goal exactly whereas with this it quiets my brain but then like I felt great afterwards like even with my medication and my stills disease towards the end of the day you know the end of the day when you're putting your kids to bed and you know, the day's done where you should be able to get some you time, I would fall asleep or be just so tired. And I felt like I'm not the mother I can be to my kids because I'm chronically fatigued from my chronic illness. And like the days that I've had ice baths, I've been fine. Like until it's time for me to go to bed, you know, like my energy level has been consistent. And like, it sounds really weird to get emotional about, but when you've when you feel like you're a bad mom because you don't have energy to parent, 
having energy is a huge deal. And again, if you would have told me, I've, I've tried coffee, I've tried supplements, I've tried all the things. If you would have just told me that like sitting in an ice bath for two minutes would have helped that, like, cool, I'm on board. Like, Would have done it a long time ago. Would have done it a long time ago. But I do love the fact that I am a mom. I've got a lot of stuff. I own two businesses. You know, I got a lot of stuff going on. Like being in the cold, it helps me so much physically, but it helps me mentally because like for those two minutes and hopefully I can start making it longer. But for those two minutes, all my brain is focusing on is healing my body and that's it. And that's, that's something I can't do myself, but water is everywhere like you know like water is one of the most healing elements and we are water right right. we readily accept water because we are water and you hit the nail on the head for those two minutes your entire body is focused on healing your entire body and I say, you know, you jumpstart your immune system, you jumpstart your metabolism, you're increasing your cell turnover, your white blood cells jump into action. All of these different things are happening, but they're happening with such, when you can do this calmly, when you can do this with mindfulness and intention, you're also creating tens of thousands of new neural pathways in the brain from a place of meditative calm. So like we get stuck in our comfort zones, we get stuck in our routines, we stop getting uncomfortable, we stop growing. The only way we can grow is through discomfort. You do not grow from comfortable lack of change. There's no growth there. There's no challenge there. Right. So when you're sitting in the cold with your full mindfulness and intention and you're being focused, you're forcing focus on healing Everything that our body is designed to do in the background without us ever thinking about it jumps into overdrive. We become the best version of Wolverine that we can when we're sitting in an ice bath. Like we can't heal ourselves the way that he does. I I talk about him like he's a real person, but like (laughs) we don't just cut ourselves and then boom, we're healed like Wolverine. Maybe it takes seven to 10 days, but I'll tell you what. That seven to ten days will be cut in half if you start doing ice baths every day. Our healing gets jump-started in a physical way, an emotional way, and a mental way all through two minutes in an ice bath. And we're talking about these changes with you, Kat, after a total of six minutes. Yeah. Six minutes over the last month and a half, almost two months now, but six minutes spread out over two months and you're having these profound, yeah, life-changing experiences. Yeah, it's amazing. What the... <laughs> yeah, it's, like I said, it's completely crazy. I would have... I went into it, like I said, I had done my own research. So I found out that, you know, people have been doing this for thousands of years. So I went into it being like, wow, this could be something great. But I didn't expect what it was. And I'm super grateful. Like it's, like I said, it's amazing. Even coming in here, so today for my final one this morning, 
Um, I have had. It's not going to be your final one. I'm, well, I'm okay. going to have to find my, a way to make sure my, that. <laughs> my final of the three, yes, before, of the three the before the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's not my final one. I can guarantee you that. But like my. So we sit down and speak before. Um, and we were, you know, sitting cross-legged and my hips hurt because it's, it's a joint. Um, and my joints are inflamed today and, um, it, it feels fine. It's hurt for like the last three days and it's totally fine. Now post yeah, ice bath. Yeah, post ice here, bath. But sitting there you, with you prior, it was uncomfortable. You also shared something with me when you got out about the way the cold was seeking the inflammation. Yes. This made a lot of sense to me, which is why I want you to share it. So the it was like weird. I don't know how to explain it other than so it was like a heat that rushed to the the joints that I had that were hurting and even to some, I guess, that I didn't know were, um, but were obviously inflamed. So it was almost like a rush of heat over where the inflammation was and then the only way I can describe it is like an exploding of energy because it was like it hurt really bad for a second and then it didn't and then it was fine. But it was like it afterwards it felt like like you said and it was like the best way to describe it when you ice pack a wound like it it felt like that after. So my joints didn't hurt afterwards but going into the ice bath I think I – I panicked in a little bit of a different way because I'm used to now after, well, having done two prior, I was used to the panic in my chest of, oh, you can't do this, get out. Like, um, it was a different- You made peace with that panic. exactly. Now there's a whole new level. Then there was a different panic of, I personally am really fearful of physical pain. I don't like it. I avoid it when I can. Obviously, most people do that. But I was- there was a mental component going in today with even going in with mindfulness. I still had in the back of my head, what if this makes my joints worse? Yeah. And it's a weird PTSD that happens when mm-hmm. you've, you're chronically ill. Mm-hmm. So I got in and when I felt that sensation of all of my joints that had hurt and some that didn't um, prior felt that rush of almost like a rush of heat and almost like an explosion, I guess, uh, like a pop. Um it was a weird panic. But then like after that like weird pop of energy or whatever, it was fine. It was it felt like like I said, like it or like you had described, like ice packed. Like mm-hmm. like all my joints felt instantly better. And even here now, like I had come in with wrist pain, knee pain, my hips hurt, and one of my feet had hurt, which I didn't tell you about prior um because i live with this pain every day so i don't like so half you know, the time you're not even aware of all the pains that you're right, feeling exactly yeah. mm-hmm. so or if i do feel some i'm like uh i'm a little, the most important i'm ones. a little yeah i'm a little rickety today but i'll be fine i'm like so um yeah it was that was really interesting because i hadn't had that experience before so it did incite a little bit of panic but again you have to breathe through it because you have no other option. Like, well, I mean, I guess you could stand up, but you know, yeah, why well, do that? Yeah. yeah, I'm already in. Um, I rather see I'm competitive with myself, and I'll be great with that because I was, I was like, you should get out. No, don't get out. You have to do this. Like, um, see, and and this is why I say that I feel like the cold has a way of finding the healing it needs to do. The cold yes. has a way of seeking out 
the healing, whether, and sometimes that's physical and sometimes that's emotional. So quite often when I go through the cold, I will have an emotional experience or an emotional awakening. I'll get Mm. these like little aha moments in the cold and directly after because of ways that it's opening up my brain in different ways. Right. But what you're talking about with the inflammation, it's like a cold punch. Yes. Right? Like it's like somebody socked it to that inflammation. Yeah. And it was like a bang for a moment because it's shocking. Like when you think of inflammation and the heat that it gives off, meeting it with the cold, like that's a bang. Yeah. It's like your little atomic crash. And then the cold is just lovingly enveloping all of those areas of inflammation so that when you stand out, stand out, that's why I compare it to like having a cold pack, but it's like a cold pack under the skin. It it's is. It's like a cold pack around my kidneys. It's like a cold pack around my liver, around my knees, around my legs and my muscles. Yeah. It's like a cold pack that's just there and lovingly holding space for the pain. That no longer exists because there's cold. Right. And it's, I feel weird describing it as a cold pack because like even putting like cold packs on stuff can get uncomfortable and it's, and it's not an uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. It's, um, that's why I say like, I mean, this this sounds really bad, but I'm going to equate it to it anyway. Um, anytime I go into the hospital standard, they give me Dilaudid. Dilaudid is about 10 times stronger than morphine. Um, unfortunately, because of the disease I have and they know the level it can get, that's what they give me. It's very similar to that feeling, but without all the nasty side effects of having to take a horrible medication that's in your system for days, you know, know, afterwards. I I never thought of it that way. I too have had to be on that medication, Mm -hmm. um, when I broke my arm and I had internal fixation, external reduction. Super fun pins just sticking out of my arm for three yeah. months. Um, but it does. It's almost like a like a jello or like a like there's something really soft and loving about that embrace of the removal from pain. But like you said, none of those nasty side effects. Right. So whenever I've had Dilaudid, there there are videos my sister has taken of me singing while on it because you are loopy. It's like mm-hmm. you're drunk. You have no control. It's, oh, it's more than it's, that. It's yeah. very... So like it's... It's like waking up after anesthesia. Right. So like at, people who've had pain meds like intravenously, there's like that weird flush you get. When they give you the pain meds at first, that's almost what happened to my joints. It's almost what it felt like in my joints. Like after that initial like pop of hurt where I was like, oh, this is too much. Like the initial like pain from like probably blood rushing to it or whatever, the cold rushing to it. um, It was that like weird euphoric feeling, but in my joints. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think... I think part of the beauty of being able to share people's experiences on this podcast is because we all have a different way to describe Mm -hmm. what the cold is doing. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about like the boost of norepinephrine and dopamine that helps keep you clear and focused and happy afterwards. Like that's, I mean, that's super awesome and it's outstanding. But when you live with chronic pain every day, to get even a moment's relief of that chronic pain, you feel like you're walking on air. Yeah, it's it's actually while you were saying that I was like how sad it is, but also very true that 
if you're chronically ill and you've been in chronic pain, being out of pain is even more important than happiness. Yeah, because happiness and is unattainable and if you're in that type exactly. of Exactly. So, um, you know, your body follows or what is it? The the body follows the mind or the mind follows the body and all that stuff. You know, you if you're right, if you're hurting all the time, it, it makes it very hard to be happy. So but when you're hurting all the time, like, you know, m- m- humans goals are to be happy and to, you know, lead successful lives, whatever success means to them. It's hard to think about even obtaining any of those things in life when you're hurting so badly. So and all the time. Right. So people who are chronically ill, if you asked them, and it's a really sad thing, but I can say this with confidence, that if you went to a chronically ill person and said, I will heal you from every single piece of chronic pain you've ever had forever but you will never feel true joy and happiness again. I don't know of many people who've been through chronic pain that wouldn't take that offer. And that's very unfortunate. But it's also very real and very true for a lot of people. And, you know, again, I wish and, and it sound, it makes me sound like a hippie and I don't care. But like, I wish I could like make all my friends do this like it sounds really weird and really hippy dippy to be like go sit in an ice bath it's going to do amazing things for you but that's exactly what it did this is why i am constantly shouting this from the rooftops this is why i'm using every possible platform i can think of to share the powerful healing benefits of the cold because i've been through it i'm sharing it with other people as they go through it they know as well yeah. So you know as well. If you could tell if you could tell our listeners who have not done this yet why they want to do it, why you would recommend that they do it, what would you say? Because it's amazing. Um no, um <laughs> I I, it's no, I and I have told friends and family who you know are maybe on the fence about it or think it might be a little hokey. Like I don't know how else to describe it, but like this has done amazing things. I have, I was diagnosed with Stills disease in 2015 and I have done every single thing that I have researched that can be done to fix my pain. And this is the only thing that's helped. And it's so non-intrusive compared to everything else I have put my poor body through to try to be well. And this was the easiest, most simple thing I have ever done to improve my health. I think that says it all right there. Um, Everyone, everyone living with chronic illness and chronic pain is going to get to that point where they're at their end of their rope. And the reason is because any medication that you can be provided is only going to mask symptoms. Medications don't treat the root cause. Your body can heal the root cause if you can be in touch with the symptoms and the messages that it's sharing. And that's part of what we do in the cold. Kat, I just want to thank you for being so candid and so open about your experience and your process through cold water immersion. And I just thank you for sharing that with me and sharing that with the listeners. Is there anything that we can do for you? Like, can we 
you run a business. Do you want to <laughs> um, share any of your information I do. about? I I run two businesses. I own Lost Dutchman Tattoo with my husband. Um, it's at 19th Avenue and Indian School. It's um, an awesome tattoo shop. Go check it out. Um, also, I own the Superstitious Jackalope. You can find us on Etsy. Um, I do silversmithing, so I make silver jewelry and copper jewelry. That sounds outstanding, <laughs> and I'm literally writing that down <laughs> right now. So thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your story. You guys, if you want to find Kat, now you know where to find her. And um, I just want to remind you all that when you can master your breath through the cold, you can master your mind in your life. Stay cold, cold friends. <laughs>